Move it back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stay right there. Stay right there. Uh huh? Just in here. I think this. I think it's good. I think it's good. Okay, look here. Move that mouse down. Move this one. That's fine. That's the next one. Okay, that's good. As soon as it finishes. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. There you go. Right there. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, so good to be with you here on this Saturday afternoon by the grace of God we're going to wrap up our little segment before we go into the devotional on the satanic spirit pardon me of wokeism and you must understand that woke is the blob of Beelzebub Meaning, <clears throat> you cannot allow yourself to just get caught up with one segment or one uh, element uh, uh, or one category of wokeism. Wokeism uh, is broad. It is a philosophy. It is a religion. And it is a strategy spawned by Satan. Uh, engineered by him and engineered by very smart people in the sense uh, they have the brain power to put something like this together. One of the things that you will not see uh, right off the bat and, and many pastors don't see it but it is based upon the idea of the Trinity the foundation is uh, a trinity and somehow Satan who always tries to uh, uh, mimic God pardon me mm. 
the devil who always tries to copy God uh, he has sent this blob this monster based upon threes he, he joined two or rather three of the um, most off-based philosophies together which, which makes it very powerful and uh, it attacks the pillars uh, the three pillars of society uh, that God has created for the good of society the family the government and the church okay so when you got something like that going it is very broad and what has happened is people get hooked in at different points and that's all they can see it is a universal attack against God his kingdom and what he has created and the church was supposed to stand up to it and stem the tide but the church of the day is the worst Laodicean church that Jesus predicted and Jesus talked about not that he wants a Laodicean church because he's already spewed the, the Laodicean church out of his mouth because they're neither cold nor hot see if I drink cold coffee like you know my children do I want it very cold if I'm going to drink it hot like I normally do I want it very hot I don't want it lukewarm and 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 the church has turned into a Judas church attacking God himself and Jesus and walking and going backwards instead of going forward and so the devil and his new wokeism strategy really has not the real church not the not the 7,000 not the faithful few not the uh, the uh, uh, the remnant church but the so-called church so do not get caught up with just one element of wokeism is 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 broad and God has downloaded that into uh, Dr. Uh, Ed Young Jr and he knows what I mean by that and I know that God has done that because God did it for me you when God downloads something in you and gives you the revelation of it he gives you all of it but because you're human you have to deal with it in different segments 
at different times and because other people are human and they can't take it all at one time you got to you got to feed them with you know like a baby oftentimes Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 thus saith the Lord stand ye in the ways stand ye in the old ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls <clears throat> and by the way that is so true do you know people who they, they, they don't have any rest they're constantly on a uh, on a crusade to and a protest to do something yeah, they, 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 they leave one protest for one thing and go to another there are professional protesters and they're always fighting about something they're always argumentative they're never at peace they they're never content they're never happy that's not the life of a Christian person even Dr. Ed Young Jr. who has always been a fun-loving kind of a guy uh, and he seems to be a person who has enjoyed life and you know and I'm that kind of person too I've enjoyed my life I, I, I don't see why I don't see why people don't enjoy their lives that God gave us but if you're born again and saved, God will bless you to enjoy your life. Even now, this is a subject that he did not want to deal with for many reasons. But he is a happy warrior. It's not easy. It's not fun sometimes. But he's a cheerful warrior because of Jesus. See? And some people can't. They can't. They can't get their head around that. How can you be so happy and so cheerful and so joyful? And you're fighting this monstrous war that's greater than the Ukraine-Russian war and greater than World War One, greater than World War Two, and greater than World War Three. How can you be such a cheerful warrior? It's not us. It's not me. It's not him. It's God. It's Jesus. And uh, God is trying to help you through a preacher like uh, Ed Young Jr. Proverbs 22-28 Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Stick with the old ways and you'll find peace to your soul. Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, Danielle, Duran, Danielle, Quasia, and uh, all others. I just named all of my children. All others. You will find rest unto your, unto your soul if you stick with the old paths. The old ways. Psalm 11.3 If the foundations be destroyed, <clears throat> what can the righteous do? 
that's a rhetorical question. All we can do is pray and read the Bible, but it seems like this question is pointing to the fact that if the foundations are destroyed, there's not much you can do. And one of the things that we have to deal with when we talk about wokeism is the Laodicean church that uh, we are seeing today, the Judas church. Uh, all of this, if we had done what Jesus commanded us to do, and oh, we have the seminaries, we have the training, we have the ideas, we have the methods, but what happened? People are lovers of themselves more than they are lovers of God. And the church has gone backwards and then has fallen flat on his face and got caught up with money and so-called prosperity gospel and trying to be like the world and the jet set and their own jets and limousines and everything else. And uh, uh, the church is not even considered by uh, groups that they used to be uh, considered by government and the, uh, there was a time if you didn't get the approval of the church you couldn't do what you wanted to do period now we have people from the uh, from the church all in for a politician and not for Jesus and for money <coughs> Zaid Jelani we're going to wrap up this little section regarding John McWhorter's book, Woke Racism, How a New Religion Has Betrayed Black America. How a New Religion Betrayed Black America. And John McWhorter is a secular person. He's not a Christian. So this is not, uh, as, as uh, uh, Dr. Ed Young Jr. said, this is bigger than um, politics, is bigger than evangelicalism, is bigger than uh, all of the other things such as uh, various institutions is bigger than that. Like I told you this is a broad satanic attack. I believe the broadest in history. Yet if you doubt the necessity of McHorter's McWhorter's intervention into the debates about race. Consider the following episode. Let's pray first. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would help people to understand what has happened to them. Some people are getting sucked up into this and caught up into this and they don't even know it, they don't even realize it, and they're losing their minds, they're losing their spirits, they're losing their souls, they're losing their hearts, and they're losing 
vital relationships uh, that they're going to wish they had laid on down the road. And so, Holy Father God, deliver young people and old people, middle-aged people, from the satanic, demonic spirit of wokeism. And help us never to think, Lord, that we can do this without uh, you and your strength. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. In the summer of 2020, a journalist friend of mine named Lee Fang attended a Black Lives Matter rally and in a video clip he posted to Twitter. He interviewed a young black man named Max about his thoughts on policing issues. Max spoke from a place of personal pain. He had two cousins murdered in the East Oakland neighborhood where he grew up. He was sympathetic to the outcry over the death of George Floyd, but he was equally troubled by high rates of violence in some minority communities. He said, I always question, why does a black life only matter when a white man takes it? Allow me to repeat the question. I always question why does a black life only matter when a white man takes it? May I ask you a question? Why is black lives matter not marching right now? With young black men killing young black men another rapper has died. Why all of these rappers died? I have often wondered myself uh, is, is, is an older rapper who's afraid that somebody's going to become more popular than him has ordered a hit on these young rappers? What is going on? No march for uh, the rapper who just died. No Black Lives Matter ch chant for him. I believe he was killed by a black person who shot the gun. And we never hear that. Only a white man. A white man got to kill a black person. Before we hear the Black Lives Matter chant and march. No justice, no peace. Why is it that uh, the black pastor out of New York, he only wants to have a march 
I forget his name now. When white police officers shoot a young black man, but all around him in his neighborhood, black young men, young black men are killing one another. No march. Same thing in Dallas, same thing in Los Angeles, same thing in Minnesota. May I say to you that wokeism is designed to attack the God-ordained authorities in our society. Parents, pastors, police officers, and if you want me to add people for another P. It is hell-bent on destroying the foundations of society because the devil wants to see this God-ordered society to collapse. Like, if a white man takes my life tonight, it's going to be national news, he said. Max said that, a young black man. But if a black man takes my life, it might not even be spoken of might not even be mentioned. Nobody, uh, people may not even know about your funeral if you have a funeral. A co-worker of Fangs reacted to the tweet by publicly decrying him as a racist. The man was accused of being a racist and all he was doing was asking a question of someone else who has had uh, who has had painful experiences with this. Soon thousands of others chimed in to condemn him including quite a few journalists most of them white from major outlets. Eventually he released a public apology He apologized just for question, uh, uh, having this video done. Welcome to the world that the elect are trying to create. The only story they want us to tell is one where whites are the villains and minorities are the victims. Did you get that? White people are the enemy always and blacks are the innocent little angels and I'm here to tell you I'm black and I'm no angel and nobody else is. Okay? Uh, and this same reverend up in New York I forget his name right now 
and, and many other reverends who are down with Black Lives Matter and all of that, they need to step up and stand out and say what needs to be said because they got security and they packing in the black community, in the hood, down in the cut. You, you can't even get to some of these pastors big time, charismatic pastors. They have bodyguards and everything else. You can't even get to them in the church to shake their hand and say, bless me, pastor. Okay? And if you are wise black man and a wise black woman if you can't afford it to get out of the hood you would you, you would be wise to do that get yourself up out of there because see, it's not about black and white it's about demon possession man years of being left to yourself and all of that no father no mother uh, the devil's gonna come in and fill that uh, that void and so you're surrounded by demon-possessed people, and demon-possessed people, mind you, do not think like you think. You you think, you know, earn some money, go to the gas station, buy you some gas, run over to the grocery store, buy you a bag of groceries, and you enjoy those little things. They don't think like that. They enjoy... Robbing you at the gas station, pulling uh, the gas thing out of your car, jumping in your car, driving off with you and driving off with uh, your children and, and all of that, dumping them on the street and, and to get your car. That's how they think. They see you walking happily to the car at the grocery store. They'll blow your brains out and take your car and your groceries. Don't think anything of it. Why? Because that demon was that. And it makes no difference. I'm like Michael Jackson on this. Whether they're white or black. I can care less. But as a black man. I love my black people. I wrote a book. Let us young black men. Uh, to try to save some young black men. I wrote another book. Let us young black women. Trying to save them too. Because the, the only way you can get them uh, saved. In a real sense is through the gospel first and foremost and uh, the Bible reading the Bible and getting a new mindset becoming a new person no that's the only way I made it I only I made it only by the grace of God otherwise I would be dead myself or in jail okay and, and, and you say, well, preacher, since you're so concerned about black people, do you live in the cut? Nope. Nope, I do not. I'm smarter than that. Why don't you live in the hood with your people? I love my people. I can reach my people from where I'm at. But I'm not going to jeopardize my children. And so we lived comfortably and well. Thank God for uh, a pastor who God touched his heart to show us favor because I, I was not going to uh, not be full time in the ministry and somehow he, he knew that. 
and uh, God used him and others to help us uh, live comfortably in, in nice, quiet, peaceful, mostly white neighborhoods. And you know what? One of the few blacks, they don't bother me. In fact, they look out for me better than some of my own people would have. Even though I have some blacks who look out for me big time. The man who helped us to uh, be, help me to be full time in the ministry uh, and have a family of nine, he's black. Mm -hmm. Most of the people who supported me down through the years are black. But many of them are white. It would be like a 50-40 situation or 60-40 situation. Or maybe 55-45 or something like that. Okay? Black and white stood with me. And you, and if I named some of the people, who white folks who stood with me, you wouldn't believe it. And they, and they knew I was unbought and unbought. I don't, I, it didn't matter to me what, how much money you gave me. I'm going to if I have to preach against you, I'll do that. It don't make any difference. God told you to stand with me in this apartment. I didn't tell you to do that. I have nothing to do with that. God heard my prayer. God touched your heart and opened your heart to show me favor. You don't even know me. Uh, but if you go against God's word, I'll preach against you too. And still uh, accept your money if you're willing to give it. Now, it can't be based upon that, not with me. I told my family that. If you think that I'm going to stop preaching and preaching against sin, including your sin, because you take away money from me, that, that you can forget that. Uh, that's very dumb, and especially if you know me. That's very dumb. That's very dumb. I'll be excited to see what God's going to do to replace the money you were giving. I'm unbought and unbossed, and I'm not going to become woke just because you, you, you snatched some money from me that you were giving me. You might be controlled by money, but I'm not. Never have been. It doesn't mean anything to me. God wired me that way. honest discussion and by the way you better go ahead on and humble down and uh, sell your big fine house on Pork Chop Hill and if you're making payments uh, on a car you need to go ahead and get rid of that car too because things are changing and they're going to change fast and I know that there's some people who have offered you a lot of money if you can uh, get me off the scene and, and stop me from preaching. If I were you, I would not do that because you're going to catch hell uh, if you are involved in something like that. And I'm talking to family members and friends. There's some woke devils who want me to stop preaching, period. Because they don't understand how this preacher out in the wilderness can uh, have such an impact around the world, and uh, and he's messing up. He he's messed up some of our plans. He, he's already uh, taken some of the preachers we had in the bag back into the kingdom. He's out preaching in the wilderness, 
and, 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 and taking names. Honest discussion, back to the text of uh, this article regarding black, I mean, uh, woke racism, of why homicide is the leading cause of death for young black men is off limits to Black Lives Matter. Now, isn't that interesting? I said that subject is off limits. Black Lives Matter, they don't care anything about young black men being killed by young black men. Losing two, two young black men from society. One has gone to heaven or hell, the other one's going to jail. They don't care anything about that. They don't want folks to talk about that. And you must, you must understand now, when I say black lives matter, that does not mean it's just run by black people. White folks run it too. And white folks back it. It could be half and half. That's why I have told you, I mean, for evil or for good, uh, there are some white people who will stand with you better than some black people. That's just all there is to it, people. And some Jews too, Kanye, can stand with you big and better because you must understand we all have gifts and talents. Black people are not the only ones who have gifts and talents. White people too. Jews too, and they have more. They have the lion's share of talent and gifts. You don't want to. You don't want to cross them, because you're, you're messing with God's people, God's creation. He made them the chosen people. Okay, and, and they'll help. They'll help you. They've helped every society they've been in. They have unique gifts and talents. They think differently. America would not be America without the Jews. I mean, God told you in, in, in black and white, if you honor the Jews and you uh, you uh, bless the Jews, you go, you will be blessed. So there's something wrong when you have a mentality that you hate other people so much and you want to uh, make all, make other people the villain all the time going all the way back in history uh, there's something wrong somewhere unlike McWhorter who is a staunch atheist he's not even a believer he's not a Christian he's not a God fearing man this man who wrote this book that's why I'm telling you, this is not just about Christianity and religion. This is not only about tearing down Christianity, but tearing down everything else around it so it has nothing to, 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 uh, uh, the infrastructure is gone. The writer went on to say, I believe that religion is a force for good in the world. That's the one doing the review of the book. It was Malcolm X and his pilgrimage to Mecca, after all, that finally opened his eyes to the reality 
that not all whites are wicked. That's just reality. You can't tell me, you can't, you can't convince me of that. Right here. Take, you gotta take this side off. Take this side here on, the left side off. A firm belief that all humans carry souls bestowed by God precludes prejudging them through such corporal categories as race. But I agree with McWhorter that a religion that seeks to defeat white supremacy by insisting that non-white people cannot be expected to uphold the same standards of conduct that is not burning down the police station that is put there to protect you. And here you are, the mayor, uh, a little white woke mayor up in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul or whatever the capital is. You just sitting by letting the a, a new police station burn down to the ground. See, if I was the black mayor of that town, I assure you that police station would be here today. I would have. I would. I would have not let the whites or the blacks harm the police officers and burn down the building. If I had to stand at the uh, front of the building myself, I would have done that. I would have had some bazookas and some grenades and everything else as well. See, that's, that's what you call stupid. That's stupid. You're going to burn down the police station that's designed to protect you. You're going to go across the street and burn down Wendy's, the, the, your, favorite, uh, your favorite restaurant that you get a biggie with. That's insane, people. That's demon activity. And the white woke people sit by and let it do it and think they're doing something by letting them destroy the city. That's so stupid. And now and then the police officers, they they're gone. Now you want some now you're trying to hire police officers in the neighborhood and paying people some money to be little secret police officers. Have you lost your minds, people? We need police officers. And then up there talking about we need we need more uh, mental health workers to go out into the community and, uh, and get rid of the police officers. No, we don't. If I call, if I got a, a, a Negro, white or black, standing out front of my door trying to break into my house, I don't need a mental health worker. I need a police officer who has testosterone and ready to take this joke out. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not playing, man. Mm -mm. Take the joker out, uh, shoot him in the leg or something before he kill me or one of my family members, which would be worse. That's why people are getting guns. You don't need a bazooka. You don't need a, uh, one of these uh, guns that people are using today to kill multiple people. But you need you need something in this day and time because you don't have and everybody need to buy a gun now. 
Because the police officers have quit. Why have they quit? Same reason why the teachers have quit. Because you don't appreciate them. You talk about them like uh, a dog. You call them everything but a child of God. And there are some police officers who are just called, just as called to their ministry as a preacher is. They were called from a child. That's why they want to be from a, from a child. They want to be a police officer. God called them to be that. Now they're taking early retirement, and I don't, and I don't blame them. I've already told you, the tragedy down in Uvalde, that's a result of wokeism. No, 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 no. Not cowardice. Don't ever call these people. These people are not cowards, Jack. That's the last thing you need to call these people. These, these men and women who are police officers, they're called by God to do that. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Wokeism hit. And they started thinking, I got a wife and child at home, two children at home, and I love them just like, like everybody else. And if I, and, and here's what happened. They may all made a collective, not collective, just a mental decision. An individual decision. I'm going home to my wife and children, even if your wife and children don't go home. Are some of them paying for it now? Yes. But that's the decision that was made. I'm going home to my wife and children tonight. Even if your wife and children don't make it. Where does that come from? It comes from wokeism. Calling police officers pigs and spitting on them and throwing rocks at them. And if they respond, they go to jail. You go home laughing. Dumping ice cream and water and slurpee and everything on their heads and damn them to do something. And they don't respond. They take it. That's an embarrassment to the whole country. Call them pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon. Huh? And I don't care if you like it or not. I'm on the side of the police officers. I'm not on the side of your crazy self, man. I don't care if the police officers are white, black, red, or yellow. Do we have a uh, bad black? Uh, do we have bad police officers? Yes, just like we got bad preachers, bad doctors, bad nurses, uh, bad black people, and bad white people. of conduct and ethics as white people is in one worth believing in. Now let me read that part again because I think we're getting close to the end here. <coughs> so he said, I agree with McWhorter that a religion that seeks to defeat white supremacy by insisting that non-white people cannot be expected to uphold the same standards of conduct and ethics as white people isn't one worth believing in. And I say, that's right.
So I am not a part of the Black Lives Matter woke religion. I know I matter because Jesus Christ suffered and bled and died on the cross for me. And I've never gotten over that after 43 years. And it does not matter if anybody else think I matter. As long as I know that God, I saw fit to do what he did for me. Because I matter to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I want you to know that you matter. Be you red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. Man or woman, you matter to God. And uh, you matter so much, Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of mankind when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Will you believe in him today? He did it for you. You matter to God. You matter to God. God so loved you, he gave up his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He sacrificed his only begotten son so that you could be saved from hell and saved from a hellacious life. You know why I think clearly and I think differently than these people? It's because I'm saved, I'm born again. By his grace, the reason why I have lived a wonderful life and a productive life is because of him. He doesn't want you to live a life that it is not productive and you don't like it and you don't enjoy it and and all of that. He wants you to have the same blessings of a peaceful life and, and a contented life. Most of all, he wants to save you from hell forever. Because that's where you are going if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And hell is a very real place. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages, the payment for sin is death. We will die physically And then we will experience eternal death in that awful place of burning and torment called hell. And Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, in hell, but have everlasting life, that is, in heaven. Now those are very loving and powerful and magnificent and wonderful words. 
but he also preached on hell more than he did on heaven. He also preached on hell more than the apostles and more than the prophets in the Bible. Yes, the loving Jesus Christ was a hell, fire, and brimstone preacher. Why? Because he was uh, suffering and bleeding and dying on the cross for you. He was buried and rose on the third day. And he does not want you to go to hell. He wants you to go to heaven with him. Yes, God and Jesus want you in heaven. Make no mistake about it. God is not willing that any should perish. I know of two places in the Bible that it says that. He wants everybody to be saved. That's why we're here today. He's waiting on you. Why hasn't he come? Uh, I know everybody's been looking for him for 2,000 years. Why hasn't he come? He's waiting on you to get saved. I thank God he waited on me. And so if you want to get saved from hell tonight, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Follow me in prayer as we pray the sinner's prayer. For the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Mean it from your heart. Repeat it after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I realize and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, who bled, and who died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. And help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you pray that prayer and you meant it may I say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life 
and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled and died on the cross for your sins and for the sins of the world. Now to help you grow in the faith I want you to go to gospellightsociety.com and pick up my book free of charge titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Read that book because it will give you the next steps that will help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. Also email us uh, with the email address on your platform or you can email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and uh, let us know that you got saved ask any questions you want to ask send in your prayer requests and we will uh, uh, pray for you until you tell us to stop but not only that go to Gospel Light Society podcast or Daniel White the Third podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh, start listening to the thousands of podcasts that we have available that will teach you on all of the important subjects that a seminary student would learn or a Bible college student would learn. Listen and learn and grow thereby. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with that, let's move on to the devotion service proper. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead family members. The prayer, devotional, memorial, family, uh, evangelistic service family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 669 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique standpoint, this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story a single true story, a non-fiction story, 
and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we're reading Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 11 through 20. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 11 through 20. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray that you would grant me your energy, your strength, pardon me, your unction, your anointing, your peace, and the power of your Holy Spirit. To read your Holy Word, to pray, to seek your face on this Saturday afternoon. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for allowing us to be here and to already deal with a subject, Lord, that most of the church never saw coming. And Holy Father God, I do pray, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings, uh, deliverances, and victories that you have given us down through the years by your grace, not because of us, but because of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you tonight so much for allowing me to be here, even with my children standing with me and supporting me in the ministry. Uh, and uh, I do praise you and thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, for Jesus Christ's sake tonight, for those of us who believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ, please forgive us of our sins, our failures, and our faults, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Uh, and Lord, be it family, friends, or foes, and Lord, I pray tonight in a very real sense that you would, for those of us who are saved in my family and in this audience, in this country and around the globe, crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us all and fill us all afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty Lord of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ Jesus. Lord, in my family, in this audience, and in the Christian community around the world, deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit tonight to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, and to do 
your will and to do that which is pleasing in your sight for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and Holy Father God I pray that you will help us all who know you as Savior to humble ourselves to pray to seek your face to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love in a very very real sense and Lord God in heaven I do pray that Lord you would save those who are lost in my family Lord I wish everybody in my family were saved that's just not the case or in my uh, wife's family and so and I pray for my wife uh, I unfortunately I do not believe that she's a saved woman uh, she's done better than her parents by your grace I've done better than my parents by your grace and uh, I raised my children in a better home and than both of our parents did and that's how it ought to be that's not a condemnation it's a reality and my children should raise their children in a better household than they were raised in and I pray that they will and I pray that they will go the biblical route instead of the worldly sinful route but Lord I pray now for the salvation of my own wife Marika White uh, who is not saved because of her own uh, pharaohistic style pride and Jamaican style pride and I pray that you will break it down break that pride down and that she would humble herself and truly believe in you and start living and acting like a Christian filled with your Holy Spirit I pray the same for her mother her aunts, her siblings, my mother, my sisters, my family members. And Lord, I praise you and thank you for the privilege of leading my seven children to you on their seventh birthday uh, down through the years. And what a blessing that was. And Lord, I pray that they will examine themselves and make sure that they be in the faith and that they would act accordingly for their own good for I have turned them over to you and uh, and uh, uh, I know you know how to deal with your children and I pray that they would examine themselves and see whether or not they uh, be in the faith I pray for them like Abraham prayed for his children, Job prayed for uh, his children that in case they do sin against you that they will confess their sins and repent and move on in their lives following you and being obedient to the, your holy word which they know very well and uh, Holy Father God thank you in fact Lord the other day I thank you in, uh, in front of all, uh, all of my children with all of my children for one day I thank you for allowing me 
us to pray together every day, multiple times a day, uh, and to read your holy word together on another day. And today, Lord, I thank you with them uh, for singing out of three hymn books. Um, for hundreds and uh, thousands of days, uh, the Sword of the Lord hymn book, soul-stirring hymns and songs, uh, an independent Baptist book, and then the maroon-colored, beautiful, uh, black, I mean, a National Baptist hymn book. Uh, and then the antique white Southern Baptist hymn book. We sung hymns from all three of those beautiful hymn books. And so I thank you for those experiences. They not only know your word, they know Christian songs that should uh, carry them well throughout life throughout the vicissitudes of life. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving uh, in this country and around the globe. And Holy Father God, I pray Even though, Lord, I thank you for giving me the grace to find pleasure even in my infirmities, in my reproaches, and in my persecutions and tribulations. I still pray, Lord, if it be your will, that you will lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts and minds and souls and spirits. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Lord, deliver us from all of our distresses and our afflictions our tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. Deliver us, Holy Father God, from all of our spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts, student progress, problems, troubles, and difficulties that we're facing. Thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are, for we know that they could be worse. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy uh, and grace in the midst of chastisement, rebuke, and uh, punishment that we deserve. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you would protect my family, especially my uh, children, protect us all from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. 
place Lord God upon us the whole arm of God surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside and have all that we do and say not only in this service but behind the scenes uh, to glorify your holy name to lift up your holy son the Lord Jesus Christ to glorify his name in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake amen Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verses 11 through 20. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he made, which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous overmuch. It's a little bit. That's good. Neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not overmuch wicked. Neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more 
than ten mighty men which are in the city. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Uh, and by the way, that's a verse that I have used many times to help lead people to Christ. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. And I pray that you will help us to understand it and to comprehend it deeply. To understand it and to obey it and to apply it to our lives. For your glory, praise, and honor in Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number. 1019 or 1019 where I simply read the Word of God the Holy Bible and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come and the eternal burning hell to come by believing in Jesus Christ who said the most important words in the history of the world to mankind for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life if you have not done that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ tonight call on his name pray and ask him to save you and he will save you uh, today dear friends we are reading Matthew chapter 2 verses 16 through 18 then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, exceeding angry, 
and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying in Ramah was there a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not meaning they are dead uh, dear friends that was Matthew chapter 2 verses 16 through 18 now here is the sense of it or the understanding of it with the help of the Holy Ghost of course and the Bible knowledge commentary as soon as Herod learned that the Magi had not complied with his orders to give him the exact location of the newborn king he put into action a plan to kill all the male children in Bethlehem the age of two and under was selected in compliance with the time the Magi saw the star in the East perhaps this time reference also indicated that when the Magi visited Jesus he was under two years of age this slaughter of the male children is mentioned only here in the biblical record even the Jewish historian Josephus did not mention this dastardly deed of putting to death innocent babies and young children. But it is not surprising that he and other secular historians overlooked the death of a few Hebrew children in an insignificant village. For Herod's infamous crimes were many. He put to death several of his own children and some of his wives whom he thought were plotting against him. Emperor Augustus reportedly said it was better to be Herod's sow than his son for his sow had a better chance of surviving in a Jewish community. In the Greek language as in English there is only one letter difference between the word sow huos and son huos. This event too was said to be the fulfillment of a prophecy by Jeremiah. This statement referred initially to the weeping of the nation as a result of the death of children at the time of the Babylonian captivity 586 BC but the parallel to the situation at this time was obvious for again children were being slaughtered at the hands of non-Jews and we have done worse by the way with the killing and the murder of millions of babies inside the womb 
we've done worse. So don't 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 look at Herod like he's the only one. There's a whole bunch of Herods uh, in this world today. We've done worse. Went into the womb and killed the child, murdered the child, innocent baby, innocent baby. And if you think that you or America or whatever else, whatever uh, country is going to get away with that, you better think again. Also Rachel's tomb was near Bethlehem and Rachel was considered by many to be the mother of the nation, of the Jewish people. That is why she was seen weeping over these children's deaths. My, my, my. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word that shows us ourselves. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Help us to understand it deeper and uh, help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through 24 uh, as we go to the family segment as we go to what I call the family versus your family I don't care what kind of family you have I don't care I don't care how handsome you think you are or how beautiful you think you are or how rich you think you are if you don't fo follow the family rules and act like you have some sense Th this is this stuff is common sense okay this is not anything that should be difficult for a saved person all women instinctively know they ought to submit to their husband, respect their husband, obey their husbands. All wives instinctively, instinctively know they ought not to dishonor their husbands or disrespect their husbands. Or that you already have that in you. See, this is the reason why God will deal with you uh, or have someone else to deal with you if you don't do what he tells you to do. Okay? Because, not see, not only did he tell you in his word by way of commandment, not suggestion. It's not, it's not you know, you can do this if you want to. No, this is a commandment. I want you to do this in your marriage and family. See? And, uh, if you don't do his commandments, then there are, there, are, there are going to be problems in your life. Your marriage and family is not going to work. It's not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to be anointed. It's not going to be blessed and prosperous as it should be. It's not left up to you. God has already told you what to do. But see, God will deal with you and will not show you favor and will not bl bless you. And see, my wife is so proud, she'll say, that's all right. 
like she does not need God's blessing and I, and, and I have uh, made it clear there that's foolishness and, and it, it's rooted in your pride see there's something listen to me very carefully males and females men and women boys and girls there is something very 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 wrong on the inside of you if you don't understand the principle and appreciate and respect the principle that God will bless you if you do good he will curse you if you do evil that's how this that's how things are set up in God's economy you want a situation where you can do whatever you want to do when you want to do it and, and still expect God to show up and bless you and I'm telling you that's not happening God is very loving and God is very patient uh, but if you have disobeyed his word as a child of God you're going to suffer the consequences of that that's how he keeps his children in line there's no this super grace that people are out here talking about there's no such thing there's grace there's no super grace where you can just sin and do evil and and then uh, come and confess that that's sin and, and, and uh, you don't repent and you next you open to doing it again and all that that's not Christianity I don't know what you have but you don't have Christianity you're not born again <coughs> Because at some point, God is going to teach you in no uncertain way to obey Him. That's a fact. See, that's in the home. Yes, the husband, the wife, the children, everybody. So, you can play, try to play with God if you want to. It's not going to work. That's why the church is in the mess it is in today. Do you hear me? That's why the church is in a mess today. And yes, we do have some little sweet evangelical charismatic pastor, Baptist pastors out there trying to make everybody think everything is alright and everything is wonderful. We're not being punished. Don't listen to that prophet over there. Come on out here and have some more fun at Trunk or Treat. Let's serve the devils, dressed about the devil and cross-dressing devils. See, even when I was, I, I can remember some of this. When I was a child, we we went out trick-or-treating. Our parents, you know, they let us go do that. They didn't know where we were at and what we were doing. They never dressed us up in the opposite uh, apparel. Never. We didn't think about that back then. I think we had one young man who in the community who acted like he had some sugar in his tank but he stayed to himself he didn't he was not aggressive like these homosexuals today and 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 we were okay with him staying with himself because we didn't we don't play that you don't even come near me with that no and he didn't even go to church I mean you know he was not a member of a uh, church. He knew better. 
and we need we need homosexuals to know better to, than to do that. That's why we're the church is in a mess, and this country is in a mess. And Admiral Admiral said last night. Now, when the Admiral speaks, you better listen. He said that the big one is coming. World War Three is coming. A war with China is coming, coming, and America is not ready. That's what he said yesterday. If you want to see the article, it's in blackchristiannews.com. But before that, uh, months and months before that, a uh, year or so now, I told President Biden in an article, do not get into a war with China or Russia or North Korea or Iran at, at all in any way, shape, form, or fashion because God is not with you. Because of the sins and abominations of the church and the collusion of the church and the government colluding against God to uh, uh, sanction homosexual marriage and homosexual uh, homosexuality in this country even by the Supreme Court but the church was messed up before that divorce and remarriage was welcomed into the church where traditionally it never was before and not even in society homosexuality in the church but before that, adultery in the church, fornication in the church, swinging in the church, Ashley Madison in the church, and on and on. Bisexuality, so-called. By the way, if you're bisexual, you're homosexual. Period. That's what you are. There's no such thing. You're just nasty and filthy, and you're defiling uh, of other people by having sex with a man and then having sex with a woman and giving both of them a disease. You're just nasty and filthy and devilish. Verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I explained that last night. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. And what I was going to say is that for men and women, uh, if you obey God, God will bless you. And here, and this is what I want to say and add to it, that if uh, you, uh, uh, it keeps slipping my mind for some reason, uh, if you know better, you better do better in God's economy, because see, is not just the fact that he gave you his word 
as to what to do. God has given you other things where you know what you should do. And and watch this now. The people who get the most punishment from God, that is the most chastisement from God, are people who refuse to obey his word. They refuse to obey their conscience that God gave them. They refuse to obey their common sense that God gave them. They refuse to obey the instincts that God gave them. See? And so, there have been people who are mere human beings, not even Christians, who have enough common sense to obey their husbands and submit to their husbands. For one reason, he's two, he's 200 pounds bigger than you. All muscle when you first marry him, of course. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Running up in his face, uh, running up in his face like uh, Mr. Ray's, uh, Mr. Ray's girlfriend did in that elevator is not wise. Getting all up in his face and hitting him and uh, and cursing him out and all of that right there, that that that's very dangerous for a woman to do. Well, he ain't my dad. I can say what I want to say, and I can I can tell him how I want to tell him. Well, no, you can't either. Not in God's economy. Ray should have never done what he did. But that's 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 what can happen. See. See, and some of you young women want to get married so that you can have sex. Uh, not only the young men want to have sex, the young women want to have sex too. But you don't want to do the other parts, and that's not that's not going to work. It's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be done outside of the bed. You got and you got to be down with that as well. Or eventually, for you, you probably is not going to get much out of the sex. It's just, some women don't get much out of sex because they're full of hell and the devil and rebelliousness and stubbornness and hatred and got bringing up stuff in their minds that happened eight years ago and they hate the man now. They used to love him. That's you. And let me tell you men something. Just like you can get it, and get what you need while you are in the bedroom. She can get what she needs too. Even better than you. If she doesn't, it's because she does not want to uh, get it like that with you. See? Because she doesn't like you anymore. Because you said something to her. Or because uh, she's mad at you and all that. That's all. God made sex where you can get it if you want it. But, you know, if you don't want it, and there's sometimes men don't want it because uh, the woman stinks or she's uh, foul in some way and, uh, and has not taken a shower or clothes stink, uh, stuff like that. They're turned off by that or turned off by her stinky attitude. <clears throat> but but uh, I would say to most men, they can, you know, if you're a man, you, you, the attitude should not stop you. 
if she stinks, uh, thinking that she can just, you know, be around, she can go take a shower for for the boss on the job, and she takes a shower every day when she, before she goes to work. But uh, on the weekend, uh, she thinks she can just slouch around and not take a shower before you all get busy. Uh, you tell her, no, you can't do that with me. Tell her that. Go in and take a shower. Don't get mad at me. It was Dr. T.D. Jakes who said, I can't stand a stinking woman. That's what he told me. That's what he said. So don't get mad at me. Now, I know you love T.D. Jakes. So you go take this over here. See? But then, then there are women who, because they're angry or they didn't have their way, sometimes for no reason at all, they're not into you anymore. After three or four, five years, two years, one year. They're not into you anymore. There's so much bitterness, so much anger, so much uh, madness and sadness, and they're just not into you anymore. And so they can't get it. When I say get it, I'm talking about orgasm. They can't get it because they don't want to get it with you. And at that point, you got men and women wanting to get it with somebody else. That's why the church is in a mess today. Because God did not intend for it to be that way. See, and as I told you last night, there are uh, some things in life you just have to do. You just do it. God will give you the help to love and all of that. But some things in life you just have to do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Much of life is that way. Just do it. God is not going to give you wings and fly you up to do what you need to do. He, he, he's going to give you help. He's giving you opportunities to pray to Him and to read His Word. And, you, he, and He's already told you what to do. You have to choose to do it. All of it. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And fellas, y'all can talk about it till you're blue in the face and have symposiums and have retreats and have special nights and everything else. All you want to. And read little stupid books written by evangelicals. How to fight fair and how to win your fight in your marriage and so forth. First of all, there's no such thing as fighting in a marriage. That's what you were raised up in. That's what you know. See, any woman that I'm married to, we're not having to fight, otherwise she can leave. Submission does not, is not compatible with fighting. See. And so when my wife gets an attitude and spirit, uh, a, a bad attitude and bad spirit, I tell her what time it is real quick and then I pray with her. And if she, if I see the devil really trying to use her to try to hinder like this service or any other service, I'll tell her, get on your knees. Humble yourself down and get on your knees and pray. Yeah. Well, I'll tell her, stand right there and pray. Yeah. While I pray. That's going to be it. We're not, we're not, we're not having a conversation here. We're not having an argument. 
How can you, do you have an argument with your boss? Is anybody, any of the people that got fired on yesterday from Twitter arguing with their boss? They, they might be mad. But if they want their job and keep their job, then you, you're not going to be flying in the face of your boss who's paying you $5,000 a month. And, and your uh, house note is 3700 you're going to keep your mouth shut and you're going to do your job and you're going to collect that paycheck so you can keep on living like you're living. Because when the paycheck is gone, everything else is gone. Okay? You want to protest, you protest outside. And I've told, I basically told my wife that. You want to protest or you want to talk back, go someplace else because you can't do that here. And, and and if you want to do that, uh, you don't need to be with me. You, you you don't deserve the honor to be married to me. See, that's how that rolls. So there's no argument. All of those dumb books that have been written about evangelical, how to fight fair. And when you look at the cover, I ought to bring about four or five of them to y'all so you can see what I'm talking about. How to argue fairly and all that. There's no argument, no fighting in a marriage if you do it God's way. The wife submits. So when she submits, there's no argument. There's no back and forth. And you women who like to try to overtalk your husband, you know what I would do, husband? I would tell her to shut up. We in America, and so I have free speech. We're not here. He's not here. Not in my house. You want your free speech? Go someplace else, and don't be a wife and don't be a mother. I'm the head of this household, and I don't want any back talk from you or from anybody. That's how I'm going to have peace up in here. See, I, I learned that from how my dad didn't have peace. My mother just went off her, talking, run, running her mouth and saying whatever she wanted to say and walk out the door and don't say bye and all that kind of stuff like that. No. Not with Danny B. That's disrespectful and we'll deal with that in a few days in 533. Now, dear friends, let's pray for peace in all Christian homes. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do praise you and I do thank you for this time together. And I pray that all Christian families that name the name of Christ would be peaceful zones, peaceful uh, Christian homes where the husband uh, is the husband, the wife is the wife, and she submits to her husband so that they can have peace and so that they can have joy. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that whole households would be saved, filled with your Holy Spirit, and ready to read and obey your holy word.
We pray for all Christians everywhere that you would have great mercy and grace upon us. <clears throat> and please forgive us of our wicked sins of uh, disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Lord, we do pray for the millions of people who are still hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues that have come out of it and shootings and killings and bombings. Comfort these people, your people, as only you can. And uh, Holy Father God, we do pray for the millions, but we also pray for a few by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Massachusetts resident John Goddard. We pray for the family and friends of Florida resident Ivan Cartinvale. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Rhode Island resident Therese Lambert. And Holy Father God, we pray uh, Lord, for the people who have sent in prayer requests. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray not only for these by name, but we pray for the thousands who have sent in prayer requests in the past. We pray for all of them. We pray for salvation, spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all and help them to continue to pray and uh, to pray without ceasing. And we pray for these few by name. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. Thank you, God, for the service at Corazon de I and for the soul saved at Sister Josephine's funeral. Please comfort her children. Please have the gospel to pierce through the enemy's secrets and make known the truth to set God's people free. Please heal Dora's knees. Please deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. Provide them with Bibles for new souls, basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction, and financial resources for the ministry. We pray, Lord, for Tamara. Please deliver her from drugs and alcohol and bless her with money for a new house. We pray for Naeem. Please bless him with 52 sponsors who will help him feed 100 people each week. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you'll help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. And we pray not only for these, but the thousands who have heard the gospel through this ministry and have gotten saved and made a profession of faith. Help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow in the faith and be the Christians that you want them to be. Lord, we pray for Rose, Vivian, Nora, Esban, O'Gara. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives as well, not only for these few, but for the thousands who have done so by your power through listening to, through listening to your preach word from this ministry. Pray for Jackie, Mary, Anne, Anthony, Nibalam, and all others. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. 
Amen. Uh, dear friends, it's been a joy being with you tonight. Basically, we've already had two services. However, at this time, as I move into the Saturday night Second Coming Chapel to preach in your hearing how to be ready and how to wait, part six, the Second Coming Chapel sermon number 333, uh, 330, that is. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, verse 35. How to be ready and how to wait. How to be ready and how to wait for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, and the actual second coming. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so blessed, and find them so, rather, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready, be ye therefore ready, be ye therefore ready also. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will 
make him ruler over all that he hath and rather but and if that servant say in his heart my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers and that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required and to whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more shall we pray Holy Father God I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ I praise you and I thank you for the previous services and Lord I thank you for the second coming service for it has um, a special place in my heart it was in this service some years ago the things that have been happening now for going on three years you had me to prophesy them and to preach about them and to bring and to uh, predict them uh, on a Saturday night and in the little chapel service and I give you the glory the praise and the honor for blessing me since then like Samuel of old not to have any of my words to drop to the ground I give you the glory the praise and the honor and uh, these things are all in the uh, second coming uh, category of things they're all included and um, I give you the glory praise and honor for that and for the Lord it's been a blessing to me to know things ahead of time and uh, Lord uh, and it should and it has been and should be a blessing to family members friends and foes and certainly to other Christians in this country and around the globe for it is wonderful for certain things to be uh, brought out into the open before they actually happen And so, Holy Father God, we look forward to your rapturing the church 
We look forward to your second coming and your kingdom. And help us to act right until that happens. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Dr. J.C. Ryle said, I can only say that I am more and more convinced as I grow older that to keep our eyes steadily fixed on the second coming of Jesus Christ is one great secret of Christian peace. And that is so true. Now picking up where we left off at Dr. Bob Deffenbaugh said Jesus' servants will no longer be servants but friends. Jesus said that he would have his servants to dinner where he would serve them. Those whom we have to dinner are our friends. Jesus you will recall told his disciples that he no longer called them servants but friends. Here is a lesson for us if it is not demeaning for our Lord to serve then surely it is not to be viewed as demeaning for us to serve others. Indeed it is our glory and as I have said in the last two Saturday night services I believe Queen Elizabeth II has done it uh, the best in modern history of being a servant but at the same time being a queen. That's a hard thing for most people to grasp and to understand. But it's a powerful thing and this is what Jesus Christ, he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords but yet he has a heart of service to his people, to his friends. Why is it that uh, you who claim to be a friend of Christ and a servant of Christ you really don't have a desire to serve. Pastors who are supposed to be servants of the church, servants of the people, many are not. They want to lord it over people and be a king among the people and want people to bow down to them when they are supposed to be ministers, not servant leaders, not leaders. That's, that's a, that's a uh, secular approach. And we get caught up, in, uh, caught up in that because of our sinful nature and our flesh. We have to put that servant leader in there. We've got to have that word leader. I am a leader. No, you are a servant. You are a minister. Some of us look at serving as the unpleasant path to glory. But our Lord's words strongly imply that serving is our glory. In Queen Elizabeth's life, from the time she was a young lady, 
her service was her glory. The reason why she was loved, loved because she was, she was uh, committed to service to the people. And, and she never uh, deviated from that, that mentality. In verse 38, Jesus repeated the promise of blessing to those who wait for his return. Even if it is delayed. Second or third watch. Jesus thus implies that his return may well be later than we would wish or suppose. Which is panning out. And the main reason why God is waiting is because he's not willing that any should perish. And goes back to what he said. For God, Jesus Christ said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's so God so loved the world, that's, that's big time. And God is, he wants to see everybody redeemed and saved. He doesn't want to lose anybody. I thank God he waited on me up until December the 19th, uh, 19, 1979. Aren't you glad he waited on you? So we must be patient while he waits on others. And see, this is one of the reasons why Jesus Christ told us uh, to not judge others. Uh, you know, or you will be judged yourself. We can, we can judge against sin, but God does not want us to judge others before the time because God can save anybody at any time. And make them into an evangelist. And, and thousands and millions of souls can get saved through their preaching. See? And so God, you know, of course, understands patience better than we do. He's coming. Jesus Christ is going to come back one day in the rapture and in the uh, second coming. But God loves the world so much he's willing to wait for the latter rain. And who knows? A billion people may, a billion people may get saved in one day. There are many possibilities particularly since he since he created the internet, uh, a billion souls can get saved in one day. And so we have to be patient because God is patient. God is not in a rush. He's not in time like us. We can pray soon come, Lord Jesus, but Jesus is not going to come back until God says so. History has borne this out. For nearly 2,000 years have passed since the Lord's ascension 
But even if his return is delayed, the blessings which accompany this return are in no way diminished. They are as certain as his word. Thus waiting for the saint only enhances his expectation. Words of warning. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house to be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus moves to a very different image here. And we need to note the differences. The master-servant image above was intended as an encouragement to those who would wait as Jesus described. The owner-thief image is a warning to those who do not expectantly await the Lord's return. In the first image, Jesus is portrayed as the master who is welcomed and comes with a reward. In the second, Jesus comes as a thief who is not welcomed and whose arrival spells disaster. He is ripped off. In the first story, the master owns the house, but in the second, the man owns the house, and Jesus is viewed as the unwanted, unauthorized taker. The owner of the house loses his possessions. In the first image, the master is welcomed and let in the door. In the second, the thief is not welcome and he enters by digging through the wall. What is it that makes the difference? What determines whether Jesus is a welcome master or a dreaded thief? I think the answer is suggested by the two stories, but is made clear by the gospel. The difference is a relationship. There is a loving bond between the master and his servants. They know and love each other, and that makes a difference. The servants await his return because of who he is. The homeowner does not know the thief, nor does he wish to know the thief. He hopes the Lord never comes, for his coming is viewed as bringing a loss to him. The gospel fills in the blanks. Those who have trusted in Jesus as the promised Messiah love him and see him as the source of every good and perfect gift. They await his return and know that it will bring them blessedness and peace. Those who have rejected God and his Messiah do not wish to see him for his coming only spells the loss of those things which they value most. Uh, don't you know people like that? They kind of like living in this sin-cursed world. And they don't want the Lord to come right now.
but which will be taken away just as the rich fool lost his possessions. Did you notice that while there are many differences between the servants of the first parable and the house owner of the second, that there is one thing that is the same. Neither the servants nor the house owner knew the time that the Lord would return. The delay of the Lord along with the lack of knowing exactly when he will return can produce very different results. For the true follower of Jesus, the delay produces anticipation and expectation. For the unbeliever who does not love the Lord, nor take pleasure in the anticipation of his return, his delay produces a very different response, which will be played out in verse 45. What is certain is that the Lord is going to return to reward some and to judge others. What is not certain is exactly what day or hour that will be. This delay and the uncertainly, uh, uncertainty rather, as to the precise timing of his coming can be a test of our faithfulness and a stimulus to our expectation and to our work for the Lord. Occupy until he comes. May it be so for each of us that we would serve the Lord until he comes, whenever he comes. By the way, do you know him? as your Savior, are you ready for Him, Jesus Christ, to come? Or do you have a different perspective that if He came, He would mess up your life, which is sinful and wicked, among other sinful and wicked people? As I mentioned earlier, Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, dear friend, if you want to be saved from hell, I want you to know that God loves you so much. He's willing to wait on you. But the day of waiting is going to come to an end one day. And so the Bible makes it clear that today is the day of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and ask him to save your soul so that he can save you even today. Before it is eternally too late. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. <coughs> but have everlasting life. And when Jesus talks about perishing, he's talking. He talks about. He's talking about rather uh, perishing in hell forever. If you believe in him, you will go to heaven forever with him. And so, dear friend, the only way to salvation is through Christ. 
For Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So if you want to be saved today, you must believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. You must believe that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by God's power. So believe in him tonight so that you can be saved and be ready when he comes. Follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who I believe suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. By your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and help me to follow you in the new life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. me. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, may I say to you congratulations for you have done the most important thing in life, and that is believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And now, Please go to GospelLightSociety.com and get your free book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. This book is free and you can download it on to your phone or laptop or whatever device you have immediately. Start reading it because it will give you the next steps that will help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. Also, email us and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. And uh, uh, let us know if you have a prayer request or a question about your Christian faith. And... uh, Uh, And if you have a prayer request, we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop.
Until next time, my beloved, God bless you, and may God keep you, is my prayer. For those of you who are saved now, make sure you pray without ceasing, as the Bible tells you. Read the Word of God as well, and uh, remember, as the Marines say, simplify, always remain faithful. And uh, the Air Force boys say, Semper Supra, always above. Keep your heart and your mind, your eyes, your soul, and your spirit. Stay on God, stay on Jesus Christ, and he will keep you in perfect peace. And praying without ceasing is one of the best ways to be reminded to keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as the music plays.